Hello, welcome to The Oz Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and it's the Age of Sigma Stat Center this week. And it's an incredible week for the Age of Sigma Stat Center because it's been a super busy weekend just gone. There have been loads of events from around the world, and I'm really excited to be covering all of them. To name them, we're going to be going to Germany, the US, Serbia, Vietnam, Sweden, Netherlands, USA, Philippines, and England. And as well as that, singles events, we've had loads of international and major team tournaments this weekend as well. We had the Age of Sigmar Six Nations event, which happens between England, France, not England, France, not France, sorry, England, Scotland, uh, Wales, which is a real country, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, and also Sweden. Congratulations to England for winning that event and Sweden for coming second, which is really cool. And Maybe importantly for Ireland not finishing last, which is a surprise to all of us, which is cool. So that was this weekend. That was six teams of eight people, uh, which was cool. Then uh, if we go over to the west coast of America, we had the Old Town Throwdown team event, which is super cool. Uh, and that was uh, another big team, a four-person team event with loads of fancy dress and people all dressed up, having a good time and Gareth running an amazing event over there. Then if we jump over to Australia, we had 30 teams of four competing at the Runax Team Championship, uh, which is cool, being held in Queensland. And that's a yearly event. It's probably Australia's biggest Age of Sigmar team event. And it's huge, huge big deal. Shout out to Gabe for running that event and having a great time. And then if we go down to Italy, we had another really big team event down there, teams of four happening in Italy. So team events all around the world, and we don't generally tend to cover team events, because while the format is really interesting, and I think arguably the best way to play Age of Sigma or any of Games Workshop's games, it just becomes a little bit uh, different to how you might play a singles event. So talking about that, we're going to be going and looking at the singles events, and there's 352 players playing across eight countries in the single playing, uh, singles events alone. So we're going to go straight into that now, but congratulations to all of the teams that did win their events, and uh, a special shout out to all the tournament organizers organizing those events, because those are huge, big events to organize and are difficult to do. Right, let's go look at the singles events. Our first event this weekend is the absolutely massive raccoon rumble over in germany organized by marco feldrap they had a hundred and sixty six players and this is huge massive for germany as they generally haven't had lots of two-day events or they don't generally tend to so as a cultural thing or starting to develop i think that's amazing number number two the raccoon rumble organizers have been working very hard to develop this community and this event year in year out now at 160 players, it makes it one of the largest Age of Sigmar events in the world. It gets to join the likes of CanCon and LVO as an absolutely massive event in a beautiful part of the world. So shout out to the organizers. They've got to be super proud about that. And, uh, you know, just keep your ears to the ground about next year because I know that they're very much excited about international travelers going over to the event so if you do get the opportunity listen out for raccoon rumble when it goes up you could, they do have a twitter account you can follow um and if you type it in uh onto like google it's easy to kind of find some information about that as well and it's also the largest event we've had in this general's handbook so far as well so dario who is our six and oh we had two six and o's because they played six rounds uh dario and math uh, davis are the uh, or math mallow obviously uh are the only two players who've got six o's in the largest event 
in this GHB so far. So incredible. Next year's Wrecking Rumble is between the 8th and 10th of November, I'm being told. So if you get the chance, go to Germany for this absolutely huge event. You should. There's a really great picture from the event as well. If you listen to the podcast, you won't be able to see it. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see just a great picture of all the players, all the champs lined up, uh, having a great time. And they even had a furry raccoon mascot, which is crazy uncomfortable, but also excellent as well. Uh, okay, so, and also the largest European event post-COVID. That's a huge award. That's amazing. Well done to Germany. Because normally the largest events would be the UK, uh, America, and then Australia's always had just a massive uh, CanCon every year. Although, you know, Runak's uh, team event was this weekend as well with 120 players. I know I talked about that earlier, but still. Okay, anyway, let's talk about the list, shall we? Dario went 6-0 at the event, as did Matt Davis. Dario was using Big War, and while his Big War list wasn't too different to Big War lists we've seen previously, it is a little bit more unique in some ways. He's got Gobstrike, the mouth of Gork. We talked about that loads of times over the past few weeks, but what that does is that obviously shuts down enemy wizards very, very effectively, as well as the ability to turn off wards, which is really nice. Two Auric War Chanters, they're going to be giving plus one damage to Iron Jaws units, and he's got loads of those as well. He's got Weird Knob Shaman with the Command Trait Shaman of the Chill Lands, which means he knows all of the spells from that spell lore, which is good because then he can do Blizzard when he wants to, and if he wants to, he also uh, can do uh, Hoarfrost on a unit. And then you've got the Wurgog Prophet, and the Wurgog Prophet uh, is one of the only non-Iron Jaws units in here, and it's just because he's absolutely... And we've kind of normalized what the Wurgog Prophet does, but the Wurgog Prophet is basically broken in what he does inside of an army. He does... An incredible amount of mortal wounds. Uh, you roll a dice, you might take some mortal wounds, but then he has a ward save against those mortal wounds, and you keep going. And it's really fair to say that uh, Wurgog Prophet has been able to delete far more than its points value. So when you add that and you add um, Blizzard into an army, the ability to just kind of have a, a, a kill zone where mortal wounds are just going to delete massive models, you know, like Vampire Lords and things like that, it's very good. Very, very good. Then he's got two units of 10 Uruk Brutes and two units of five Uruk Brutes in the list. And then two units of Gore Grunters, minimum units of three, and then one unit of Hobgrot Slayers. It's a four drop list, and it's also got the Andorian Acolytes Battalion, so he's going to be generating a few more primal dice as well. Now, uh, this is just all about the output, obviously. But what's nice for big war armies, and we talked about this a lot already, is they do not need to engage early. They don't have a very fast tempo they don't have to engage early because they can sit back score battle tactics really easy you can trade if you want with the slitters the the minimum units of gore grunters and at the right time push the big units of brutes in um or even the smaller units of brutes with plus one damage and if you go anywhere near this very scary kind of castle as i've said you can take all those mortal wounds at range it's excellent it scores really well it's got good tactics it's a great army. And Dario, obviously, to do so well at the event, must be a legend. Shout out to Dario. Congratulations to you. Our other 6-0 is Math Mallow, uh, formerly of uh, England, like lived here. Now he's moved over to the Netherlands, where the Dutch live. And he is playing uh, Glutenspike Gits in King's Gits. He's got a Scragrot, a Web Spinner Shaman, a Squig Boss with Nasher Squig, and then that's the General with the Clammy Hand and the Arcane Tome. Then he has two units of 15 Boingrot Bounders, and then we have two units of 20 Moon Clan Stabbers. Then 
through two units of Loon Smasher Fanatics and the Gobberpalooza. Battle Regiment and Dorian Acolytes with five drops. So he's got loads more Primal Dice thanks to the Endorian Acolytes uh, Battalion. The thing that I really like about this is because of the Loon Shrine, you kind of have an area that's very strong for gits on the board. When you're near that Loon Shrine, you're in a much better spot. And so you kind of want people to like tackle you around where the Loon Shrine is. And the Moon Clan Stabbers, because they're able to hold objectives outside of nine inches versus outside six inches, well, up to sorry, up to nine inches versus up to six inches, that means that you're making it so your opponent has to move further if they want to charge you or stop you scoring objectives. This gives you the perfect spot for being able to engage with the unit Boing Rock Bounders. Those Boing Rock Bounders are going to do a ton of mortal wounds. They're amazing. They're quite fast, thanks to the Squig Boster and Nasher Squig, making them go faster. And then they're going to do everything. And I talked about this kind of in several re review shows. But 15 Boing Rock Bounders probably can delete anything in the game. I think I would maybe need to work that out. But 15 Boing Rock Bounders will delete almost everything. Uh, and two units of 15 is great. If a unit dies, then that means eight are going to come back from the Loon Shrine. Scragrot to do his spells at range, as well as all of his buff spells and debuff spells and all that other stuff as well. And if you do end up charging the Fanatic, uh, sorry, the Moon Clan Stabbers because you want to get rid of them, and you're using something quite good, then out pop some Loon Smasher Fanatics. You've got Always Strikes first, and they reduce either your output or they reduce kind of like the number of wounds on a big giant model uh, which is good so it works really well and it's also played by math Mallow, who's a phenomenal player he's done incredibly well here in the uk and now he's off to do it in europe so congratulations to him let's go look at the five ones looking at the five wins at a draw all on his own daniel pommer with his maggot kin of nurgle befouling host army he's got a great unclean one as a general with the Nurgling Infestation and the Wither Stave, so that the disease points proc more mortal wounds in an area of effect. Stopping Blip Blop. <laughs> Stopping Bar Piper. Obviously stopping Parlins. Uh, and the Poxbringer, Herald and Nurgle. Uh, and then there's uh, Fleshy Abundance has been taken twice as a spell. So that's the unit of 30 Plague Bearers can be given an additional wound uh, for a while. And then one, two, three, four, five, six. Beasts of Nurgle three plague drones and three nurglings and this is all about tank and spank this is all about tank and spank 30 plague bearers hold the front line the beasts of nurgle charge in the flanks they do that like and it's just that it's hammer and anvil and then just retreat charge retreat charge retreat charge you get you get stuck you can't get rid of anything they start summoning and it becomes a nightmare a uh, really cool list. Nurgle's in an amazing spot right now. I would put Nurgle as an A-tier army right now. That's where I'd put them. Looking at the five ones, the five ones, we've got a smorgasbord of different armies uh, as well as different players. So we've first we've got Timo Weeble with a Nighthaunt list from the Emerald Host. Really like this. Got Dreadblade Harrow, Guardian of Souls, Krugas Cruciator, and Lady Alinda. Then, guarding all those characters, he's got two units of three Spirit Hosts, which obviously can act as bodyguards. Two units of ten Battle Lion Chain Rasps, so minimum unit size. Then, three units of Craven Throne Guard, so those are the crossbows that can pop up and do their shooting. They're very cheap. And then, two Black Coaches and the Mortalis Terminexus. Now, I've been trying to think about how this list plays. Me and the chat have been talking about it. And obviously, there's some, there's some key factors here. Charging and retreating, charging and then applying those debuffs means that you can do 
you know, you can really reduce a lot of armor saves, make stuff strike last, and then any attacks that you do do, <laughs> do do, does mean that you are going to, you know, have a more effective chance, especially against armor. Also, most of your army is at four up, or like unrendable saves, and that puts you in a good spot as well. And you can also apply to having, you can have ward saves in there as well. But there's not really like anything that's like, I would say like a smash unit. You've got the Krugas Cruciator, and he reduces the damage uh, down that a unit would do by one. He, the, if you had damage two, you're now damage one in an aura. That's what he does. He reduces damage down from uh, whatever it is, down by one to a minimum of one. And then Lady Alinda obviously has got a lot of healing and recursion. Once per battle can put a lot of models and plates back on the board. Dreadblade Harrow can teleport around. And so you kind of ask yourself, okay, maybe they can do some damage from like their characters, but not really. And so I just don't really know. Like, it's quite interesting. Now, the Craven Throw Guard make a lot of sense. They're incredibly cheap at 80 points for a unit of five models at two shots each. So you end up with 10 shots. So if you, you know, if you had what you would consider to be around, you know, like Bliss Barbs kind of range, you would have, you know, a Bliss Barb style unit, only they have a four up unrendable save and they rally on fives they've got rend and they can deep strikes it's kind of interesting as well another thing that i really like is the black coaches black coaches are very cheap 270 points for 12 wounds with an unrendable save which also can uh you know get a good ward save as well so they can pin you in and pin units in as well as being able to dish out more wounds and then finally the endless spell the mortalis terminexus once it's cast is doing AoE mortal wounds in each hero phase to every enemy unit within six inches, which is very effective. Uh, so two plus every unit takes D3 mortal wounds. And so there's a lot of mortal wounds there and there's a lot of chip damage. So reducing stuff down and pinning stuff in uh, is is quite an interesting like play style and requires the enemy not to do a lot of healing, not to have a lot of recursion. And so like it's just a very interesting list. That's what I'm trying to say. It's very fine. It's very uh, nuanced. I wouldn't say, like, the tech is um, fairly self-explanatory, but its utility on the tabletop is quite hard to achieve. And so it, for, in this situation, I think uh, Timo has obviously done a great job. I quite like it. It's just it's very fragile. I think that's the right way to, a very tactical list. And I think Timo should be really proud of himself for doing so well, only dropping one game. and didn't drop it at the start either and do a submarine. He dropped it in game five. So I think that's uh, that's cool. Colin Claren, one of the German Worlds players, playing Magikin of Nurgle. He has got a solid, solid list here. He's got the Glockkin. Let me go find it. Oh, where have I put this list? The Glockkin, uh, Inner Befouling Host, Horticulate Slimux, and Bellacore. Then he has eight Beasts of Nurgle and a unit of three Nurglings with the Suffocating Grave Tide. Now, we talked about Glockin a lot over the past few weeks. Glockin's very good. Should be very good. It's 580 points. Bellacore, obviously, their ability to shut down one single unit is very good for Nurgle, who are going to be countercharging with Glockin, even with a single beast of Nurgle, to shut down enemy charges. So it's going to stop them from being able to charge you. And then you can countercharge with other beasts of Nurgle uh, and then do all of those mortal wound impact hits, retreat, and charge. And I think that is a very interesting. Uh, list we've seen Glockin being in armies a lot already I think Nurgle are in a great spot I think Nurgle can make it into team events I think Nurgle are a very very good army uh, which is cool retreating charge loads of damage uh, okay then Jan Tomek with his iron jaws in blood tooths he was running let me go find it 
he had a, a, a Blood Tooth Army, a Weird Knob Shaman, Mega Boss and More Crusher, two War Chanters, and a Rabble Rouser. Rabble Rouser makes monsters run and charge, which is very good for a Mega Boss and More Crusher, and the two more grunter gougers, which are the big pigs in the list. This means that they can do the monstrous action for strike last on the opposing unit, which is very good for the rest of his army, like the three units of Gore Grunters and the two Brute Ragers. Well, sorry, the unit of six Brute Ragers. So you're going to be able to throw a lot of stuff at the enemy, make them strike last. Obviously, this is really helpful for you with your chain activation using smashing and bashing. So when you charge in, then you get to, if you wipe out a unit, then you get to choose your next unit. But there might be like a really big killy unit. I know, let's pick 30 Plaguebearers as an example. Well, if you make them strike last, then that means all of your units can attack them first, meaning you're more likely to activate a smashing and bashing, which is quite nice. Love that. That's really fun. Uh, so, yeah, very, very cool. Then uh, we've got Nicholas Berg with Sylvan, uh, Sylvaneth Oakenbrow. And I think uh, Nicholas has been playing this a lot. Oakenbrow, really solid list. Spirit of Durthu, Lady of Vines, and a Tree Lord Ancient. Don't forget that Lady of Vines is going to be given a 5-up Ward Aura out. She's become a lot more effective in the new GHB, thanks to Primal Dice. Previously, it was very tough to get any pluses to cast or any sort of rerolls or anything like that on the Lady of Vines for a 5-up Ward Aura. But now because thanks to primal dice you might be getting one or two additional dice to add into that and then throw a five up ward around your silverneth army which is something silverneth desperately need then four tree lords which they've got the stomps for strike last they've got combat they've got all of that stuff and then spite revenants and the spite swarm high for teleporting and doing all of the damage uh, so very very fun you've got shooting tree lords are a good shooting unit as well as a fighting unit you can move around five hit monsters onto objectives so you can kind of do the gargant thing we score 20 on an objective immediately. You can pop up more forests for teleporting around. Five up ward, and then Durthu can go smash people's faces in, which is fun. Then you've got Jonas Stula with his big war. His big war is running Gobsbrack, two war chanters, a weird of shame, and a word of profit. Then he's got two units of five brutes, sorry, three units of five brutes, 20 shooters, six gore grunters, and two units of three gore grunters. And this is your classic Iron Jaws army but with a couple of little uh, spicy additions. The shooters for a screen, perfect. I love getting a screen in there. That's great. Wurgog Prophet does Wurgog's Prophet broken stuff. And then Gobsprack uh, in there for exactly what we talked about previously, shutting down spells, battle tactics, all those other things. Just uh, very, very good. Uh, and then finally, Gloomspike Gits being played in the 5-1 bracket by Tristan Paffenholz. And he is running Jaws of Mork. He's got Grincrack the Great. Don't forget that he gives a unit strike, um, a fight on death. A Madcap Shaman, Scragrot, and a Squig Boss on Nash's Squig. Another Madcap Shaman. Then five Boingrot Bounders, 36 Squig Herd, 20 Moonclan Shooters, five Boingrot Bounders, the Gobblepalooza, and then a unit of Sneaky Snufflers and Loon Smash Fanatics. This is one of those Iron Jaws lists, uh, sorry, uh, Gloomspite Gits lists, which is very interesting because sometimes they become incredibly singular, like you see with Math Mallow. Well, it's like two units 15, and we're going to do a thing. You have so many buff pieces that you can throw into a Gits army that eventually you just don't have as many units to buff. And sometimes, and you also got a load of utility spells, which are really great as well. However, you then just slowly start to move away from the units that you've got. In this case, you've got Fight Last with Gooncrack, a Madcap Shaman, Scragrot, a Squig Boss, and Nash's Squig, and a Madcap Shaman, all of which are great picks. But you're only buffering up that one massive unit of Squig Herd, 36 Squig Herd. Then you've got a unit of five Boing Grots, a unit of five Boing Grots. The Gobblepalooza, also for buffing up units. 
and then some Zeke Stuffles also for buffing up units, and then five Loon Smasher Fanatics. So it's a lot of buff pieces for one major piece, which I think is interesting. But, you know, a unit of five Boring Grot Bounders when buffed up will do an amazing amount of work, so I think that's quite fun as well. Anyway, that's it for the Raccoon Rumble. There are obviously loads of fours and a draw, you know, four ones and a load of other stuff. And there were actually so many people at this event. There were actually some five ones. So Marius Langburn with his Maggot King of Nurgle, Befouling Host. Joachim Berger with his Flesh Eater Quartz, Hollowmore and Grand Court. Andre Spikerman with his Blades of Corn, Skullfiend Tribe. And Eric Stork with his Disciples of Zinch, Guild of Summoners. And then Philip uh, Fedder with his Sylvaneth and heartwood so we're going to look through these lists uh quickly and uh, keep talking about those our befouling house list from nurgle has got orgots blob morbid x and great and clean one for four giant monsters grabbing objectives with plague bearers uh a unit of 20 and a unit of 10 and some nurglings this is just going to be pretty much how nurgle plays at the minute which is just going to be big monsters holding objectives and very difficult to kill Fleshy Courts list uh, contains everything you normally see. Some Crypt Horrors backed up by a bunch of characters, including a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, which is your big major threat, but it's all the damage that goes onto the Courtiers. Sorry, all the damage that goes on... Sorry, all of the buffs that go onto the Horrors that cause all of the damage, uh, which is very, very cool. Um, I've done a review on this before. It's on YouTube if you want. Our corn list is very interesting with two Slaughter Priests, Scarbrand, a Blood Secretor, and a Bloodthirster and a Fettered Fury with Argath, which turns off ward saves in an aura, Flesh Hounds, Blood Warriors, and Furies. Furies are the hot pick in Chaos right now for their ability to grab objectives and run around. Zinch we don't see featured much at the moment, and that is running Kairos Fate Weaver in Guild of Summoners, so just being able to summon loads of Lords of Change. A Cursling a Fate Master, two Magisters, and 30 Pink Horrors, which we rarely see. But that does give them some really great board control. And being able to summon more Lords of Change is going to be able to push over how much they have on the in the board control space. And I think that's really fun as well. Silvereth in Heartwood is Warsong Rev, a True Lord Ancient, a Durthu, and a Branch Witch. Two lots of 10 Dryads, six Conathons with Great Swords, and three Revenant Seekers. Silverdeath is an interesting place where it really relies on being able to teleport around, especially in builds like this, uh, with Durthu and the Colonel Thunters being slow. And I think we're going to see a very different set of Silverdeath lists when we see Big Bug get released. And finally, and that's it. That's it. That's all of them. I thought I'd done them all. So that's it for the uh, that's it for the Raccoon Rumble. I hope everyone at the event had a great time. And I hope everyone uh, gets a chance to go to that in the future. Our next event is in Texas. Shout out to everyone in Texas. And is the Slambo GT. Slambo. Being held at this big old Texan shopping center. Big beefcake. And organized by Tyler Rab. Shout out to Tyler. In the 5-0 bracket, we've got two players. We've got Kelpig and Dillian Corcoran. Uh, so Kelpig uh, was running Nighthaunt with Quicksilver de uh, Dead. And Dylan was running OCR Bone Reapers in Mortis Praetorians. So the Nighthaunt list in Quicksilver Dead has got Lady Alinda, Arat the Drowner, a Guardian of Souls, a Cruel Gas Cruciator, and a Spirit Torment. And then one unit of Spirit Host to protect them all, Bodyguard Wounds off. Two unit, ten Chain Rasps, and then one, two, three, four, five units of Dreadscythe Haradins and the Purple Son of Shaish. Now what's really cool about this list is obviously the Haradins can turn off ward saves, and also when you're near the Purple Sun, the enemy unit is minus one to their save. But, obviously, with multiple charges, you're going to be able to reduce their save even more. 
And if you were to ever do something like Hoarfrost, as an example, although I don't think it's, oh yeah, the Guardian Souls does have access to Hoarfrost, then you can make a unit have even more rend. So you're just doing a lot of attacks. A lot of attacks. Things four attacks each on Dread Scythe Haradins. Uh, so it's 40 attacks per 10, which is amazing. Get a unit to strike last, reduce its armor save down by a lot, and just give someone a bucket, a bunch of dice, and they don't have any ward saves. Just so good, in my opinion. Really good. And shout out to Kel, because this is a great list. Should be super proud. Dylan's OCR Bone Reapers list is also quite interesting. He's running Mortis Praetorians, which means he's going to get to charge in the enemy's turn. He's got Cat Across, Ark in the Black, and Mortis and Oss Effector with Merciless Blizzard, and then Elige Cavalos. And then two units of five Death Riders, which normally are just in there for battle tactics, and themselves are quite a good cavalry unit. And then one unit of four Morgast Archai. That's it. No Immortus Guard, no Mortet Guard, none of it. Just all characters, two cavalry units, and a big, swingy unit of Morgast Archai, which is incredible. Now, they obviously can get up to, like, Rend 4, they're damage 3, they've got a ton of attacks. They can be very fast, obviously get plus 1 save from Catacross as well. So just very interesting. Again, very different to what we normally see. Not that different to what we normally see. Normally, we just see, like, the heart of an army. You know, like, it's normally some Immortus Guard or it's something like that. But it's not. In this case, it's just some Archai, which I think is quite interesting. Archai adds some utility, adds some ranged output. You get more spell dominance and also spell anti-magic with Archai as well. I think he's a really interesting pick and added in, uh, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I quite like it. I like that list a lot. In the 4-1 bracket of the Slambo GT, Zach Kennedy with a big war, Robbie Best Steinberg with his OCR Bone Reapers Nor Myriad, Randall Brasher with his Ogre Mortrihibes Meat Fist, Andrew Carlson with his Beast Core Raiders, Adam Burke with his Soblight -like Gravelords, Chris Long with his Sons of Behemoth, Jeff Viggs... Oh, Jeff, I'm sorry. Jess... Jeff Vizgatis with his Blades of Corn. I tried really hard there. Uh, David Rodriguez with Stormcast Eternals in Astral Templars, and Dimitri Hochard with his Gloomspite Gits, Jaws and Mork. Let's look through these lists. Our big wild list, Gobsprack, War Chanters, Brutes, and Gore Grunters with one unit of B uh, Brute Ragers in there. At this point now, it feels like we're getting into the big war cookie cutter, and let me tell you, big war are a great... They cook a lot of cookies. Oh, damn it. They cut a lot of cookies. That's what I'm saying. They cook a lot of cook. Oh, God. <laughs> Our Bone Reaper list is No Myriad with Arcan, Mortis and Ospector, Leech Cavalos, and then two Morgas Archai, five Death Riders, and Immortus Guard. And if did you see that? No Catacross. So the Archai now, two units of four, no Catacross. An Ospector, uh, a Leech Cavalos, and then an Immortus Guard. So just huge, big punch units that are going to go forth with Arcan to provide spell support is very interesting. Our Meat Fist Ogre More Tribes list has got Kragnos and then one, two, three, four Tyrants, all obviously with the big name so that when they do a 3d6 charge, they're going to do Mortal Wounds on three pluses, which is just so good. So good. A unit of four Iron Guts, two units of Lead Belchers, Battle Line, and then a unit of 20 Noblars for a screen, uh, which is just great. So, like Grave Lords, our first one of the two that we're going to feature in the 4 1 bracket is one's a Legion of Blood with Neferata, a Vengo Lord, a Vampire, and then two Necromancers with two units of 20 Death Rattle Skeletons, a unit of 10, 
and then a unit of 20 Graveguard, and then the Gemini's of Orgish. This is quite an interesting list. Specifically, it feels like Neferat and Nevengo Lord are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, with the Death Rock Skeletons controlling quite a few of the objectives uh, in here as well. Blizzard coming in very, very punishing uh, when it goes off in this army, in my opinion. And then Graveguard to do the big sweeps when it gets the chance. The other Soulblight Grave Lords list is from the Castelli Dynasty with Prince Vordra and the Vengo Lord. This is a really exciting list. 10 Death Rattle Skeletons, 10 Dire Wolves, 10 Dire Wolves, and then two units of 16 Skurgan True Blades, which are the Warcry Warband that you can get for Soulblight Grave Lords. They're effectively vampires on foot. Uh, they're quite fast, and the key factor here is because they're in the Castelli sub-faction, you're going to be able to give them plus one damage to their all attacks, and they've got a lot of attacks, which is very cool. It's my favorite Soulblight list so far. It's very good. Vengo Lord, really good at the moment in Soulblight as well. Our Gargant's list is King Brod Stomp, King Brod, Gatebreaker, Gatebreaker, and Beast Smasher, Mega Gargant. Now, it's really important for everyone to know right now that this list is super broken. Super broken. I don't really want everyone to be playing Gargants, but I also do, so their win rate can go through the roof, and so it can get nerfed, because this is so good. So broken. So dumb. So dumb that they brought Gargants back with a 5-up ward save, and then gave them a shooting attack, which is as scary as, like, three Ogre Cannons. This is so dumb. So dumb. It's so good. It's if you If you would like to go and have some of the easiest Warhammer you've ever played, King Broad Stomp, Broad, some Gatebreakers, some Littles, some Bigs, whatever. Just So congratulations. Uh, it did lose a game, though, so uh, so I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> Our core list is a Bloodthirster and Fet Fury, obviously, with the No Ward Aura artifact, uh, and obviously the command trait that makes it a Priest. Scarbrand, so they're going to run around together, turn off the ward, Scarbrand does the damage, moves, rinse and repeat. Everything else is designed to make that happen. Um, a unit of... Claws of Karnax, Flesh Hounds, Blood Reavers, a unit of six Mighty Skull Crushers. They're obviously very, very good with a two-up armor save for um, making it so that uh, you can't... Oh, wait, are these the two-up armor save ones? Maybe not. Maybe not. But either way, they're just going to murder us into you, so you can't move for the whole game. And then three Varangard that have been allied in, which is cool. Um, yeah, okay, they are the two-up uh, armor save ones. So I always get confused. Skull Crushers, Blood Crushers are the other ones. Uh, Games Workshop, naming convention, 11 out of 10. Uh, and then Hex Gorgeous Skulls. This is great. This is great. Pin stuff in with Skull Crushers so it never moves the rest of the battle. And then Scarbrand just slowly picking stuff up with his best friend. Stormcast Eternals, Astral Templars, very unique list. Karazai, the Scarred. Lord Castellan for plus one save. Battle Mage with Farge Protection, so it must be Old Book. Knight Encanter uh, with all of the spells from the GHB. Shaman of the Chilled Lands. Two units of Vanguard Hunters, a unit of Liberators, and then five Tempesters, three Evocators on Dracoline, and a unit of three Praetors. The Praetors are obviously going to bodyguard Karazai. The Castellan is obviously going to be adding plus one save onto the Evos. The Tempesters do loads of shooting uh, to help clear screens, but this is so important for me to say. The Celestial Dracolines are not good. They've got four up armor save. They suck. Stop taking them. That's, that's so important for me to say. Like, I just need to say it. Like I keep seeing them in lists, and people are like, why do I not win? It doesn't matter, they're cheaper. They suck. Okay, anyway. But Rob with Horfrost, they're quite good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's <just> like... <laughs> but Vanguard Hunters, amazing. I love that choice. Tempesters, really great. I love that choice as well. Vanguard Hunters, maybe even better than that. Like, so, uh, who was playing this, this list? 
um, David Rodriguez. Vanguard Hunters must have scored him so many points. Karazai, just to distract. Night Encanter, pretty fine. Yeah. Um, Rob, <laughs> I'm being told in the chat that you should just play what you like. You can play whatever you like. If you're listening to me and honestly just only doing what I say, that's insane. So don't do that. I'm just giving my opinion. That's literally the point of the stat show. I am someone who does this every week. Done it every week for like five years. I'm just having an opinion about stuff. And all of my opinions are sometimes right. <laughs> and all of my opinions are sometimes wrong. Anyway, the Jaws of Mort list uh, is Loon Boss and Mangler Squig, Scrag Rock Squig Boss, Wibs Burner Shaman and Madcap Shaman, 10 Boingrots, 36 Squig Hired, 20 Million Clan Shooters, Fell Waters, Snufflers, Snufflers buff the attacks, Fell Waters take away the save, Squig Herd do the damage, 10 Boingrots do the charge in, everyone's happy, Shooters just be there, stop the charge, Scrag Rock at the back, some units come out of a Loon Trine, you get the easiest battle tactics, uh, and then you just got to fight over the middle. Who'd have thought that just making it five easy battle tactics would have made the game just, to be honest. Right, Slambo GT. Texas looks like an amazing place to play Warhammer. I would go there and play in a heartbeat. Shout out to everyone in Texas. Hope you had a great time. Okay, and uh, I hope, yeah, just keep being great. Texas is the best. Our next event is Smash to Rubble 2 in Serbia, and it was won by Peter Kreitel from those big damn heroes using his big war army. He had a Swamp Caller Shaman, a Weird Ob Shaman, a Killer Boss on Nashtooth, an Uruk War Chanter, a Wurgod Prophet, and Swamp Boss Scumdrek. Then a unit of 30 Gut Rippers, uh, a unit of 5 Brutes, a unit of Hogrot Slitters, and then a unit of Gore Grunters with a unit of 6 Brute Rages. So there are some missing units from here. Obviously, Gobsprack not in the list, but that Wurgog Prophet, because he's broken, is in there, as you know, doing the Care Bear Stare. There's some cute little picks like the Killer Boss and Great Nash Tooth, which is obviously going to help those Gut Rippers from not run away uh, from Battle Shocks and stuff like that. And Swamp Boss Scumdrek for making it so that they do even more damage, which I think is fun as well. Brutes, as we talked about earlier, and Gorg Runters for what we talked about earlier. And then a unit of Brute Rages, they're run and charge, which is nice. You can do a bit of a hammer and anvil uh, with the Gut Rippers because it's 60 wounds in that unit, which is very nice. But I don't know if it's like very survivable. Uh, but then the Rages are going to come and do a load of damage. The Gut Rippers are going to do a lot of damage as well. Swamp Boss is going to do quite a bit. Um, so that's quite good. And then you've got some like nice trading units with the Gore Grunters and also the Slitters. So interesting. I would say Big War's main strength right now is that they just score so many points passively and then they can engage you later in the game, which I think is uh, a very fair point. This event was organized, should shout out, by Marco. In the 4-1 bracket, number one, we've got a legend in Boris Bellic with his Slaves of Darkness, Knights of the Empty Throne, and then Ula Krauslin on the big submarine with his Gloom Spike Gits. Boris was running Knights of the Empty Throne, Varangard, like I said. So he had a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, a Varangard unit as a general with the Mark of Corn and Bellacor for shutting down the enemy. I think Chaos List should help. Every Chaos List should have Bellacor. Chaos Knights, Varangard, and then another unit of Chaos Knights. But this time, that unit of Chaos Knights is a unit of 10 with the Eroding Icon and the Mark of Nurgle, which means they're going to be pinning in the enemy while the units of Corn Knights, Varangard, all charge in, and then you shut down the countercharging unit uh, with Bellacor, and then you just flank and spank. That's the way, that's the name of the game. On the big submarine with his King's Gits, Scragrot, Loom Boss, and a Madcap Shaman, with 15 Boingrot Bounders, 5 Boingrot Bounders, 40 Moonclan Stabbers, then you get 6 Rock Guts, 
Spore Splatters, Sneaky Snufflers, and Palooza. So you've got those three buffing units. A big unit of Rock Guts, which are also really solid in combat. Very tough to get rid of. Under the Moon, three up armor save, five up ward save. Very good. 40 Moon Clan Stabbers is very nice for grabbing an objective, especially from nine inches away. And then 15 Boy Grot Bounders with Fly jumping over the top and absolutely deleting a unit. I'm so pro Boy Grots right now. I'm really proud that math did well with them so that's a great shout all right love that amazing serbian team just a wonderful group of people if you get to meet them can't wait to see them again at worlds they're just great shout out to marco for running the event um just i hope they all had a wonderful time our next event is taking us to vietnam where we have the magical dominant saigon warhammer age of sigma gt 2023 the last event that we had uh, happening in vietnam was in march shout out to rob for getting me all that hot info and the event organizer was hi boo and we did have a judge as well in du tran i hope people in the vietnamese community do end up getting to hear this review and shout out to all of you thanks for making us part of a global community it's awesome Okay, we had 22 players at this event. 22, yeah, 22 players at this event. And the event was won by Trung Lee of the Alpha Wolf Club with his Flesh Eater Courts Blisterkin Army. And he was running an Abhorrent Arc Regent, two of those, in fact. An Abhorrent Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist, an Abhorrent Ghoul King on uh, Foot. Then a unit of three Crypt Flares, three units of 10 Crypt Ghouls, and another unit of three Crypt Flares with one unit of Royal Terrorgeist. And the Cadaverous Barricade. Now, don't forget, when you are playing against a Flesh Eater Course army, you're playing against, effectively, a 2,500 points army. Because all of those units are going to be able to summon additional units. So, then playing multiple small units. So, the Crypt Flayers and the Crypt Ghouls as little units for being able to either screen or buff them up. A unit of Crypt Ghouls with D3 plus 1 attacks is so crazy good. So effective. They're going to do a ton of attacks into the enemy. And then eventually you could get the Abhorrent Ghoul King on Terrorgeist and charge that in and do a ton of damage, which we love to see. So massive congratulations to Trung Lee. In the 4-1 bracket, Kyung Chan was playing with his Fangs of Sotex Seraphon. Fat Hyun was playing with his OCR Bone Reapers Crematoriums. Lord Adiz was playing with his Lumineth Realm Lords Zytrek. And then Dan Tran, or Chan, was playing with his Caradron Overlords, Barak, Zon. Let's go look at these lists, shall we? Uh, our OCR Bone Reapers list, don't forget it's in Crematorium, so it's going to be doing hashtag murder rolls at the enemy. Leech Cavalos, Catacross, Bone Shaper, and a Mortis and Soul Mason. Then one unit of Death Riders and two units of 20 Mortec Guard with a Gothazar Harvester behind them. The Bone Tithe Shrieker, so that you're not going to be able to take Battleshock, or you're not going to be able to use Inspiring Presence. And then the Soul Stealer Carrion as well, which is nice because it gives plus one to hit. So those Mortec Guard are going to die. They're going to explode and do murder rolls. And then you're going to return them with the Harvester as well as returning models via the Catacross and the Bone Shaper, which is very cool. You love to see that. And also you get a cheeky monster with the Harvester, which is fun. The Seraphon list is Seraphon Starborn. Even in Vietnam, we're getting... Uh, the meta Starborn pick. Slan Starmaster, Astro, Croak, two star, wait, a Starseer and a Star Priest. So you're going to be able to do the Croak bomb with the Starmaster as well, as well as getting summoning, uh, loads of summoning points. Two Skinks, 10 Soros Warriors, 5 Soros Guard, a Bastilodon with the Arcosotech, and then the Aether Void Pendulum, Malevolent Maelstrom, and Suffocating Gravetide. 
in here as well. So it's going to be doing all of the mortal wounds, it's casting all of the spells, and then it's going to be blowing up the maelstrom as well with the Bastillodon for pinning in difficult enemy units. Casual Overlords in Barrackzon, my favorite way to play. Two frigates in this list. Two units of Sky Wardens, minimum threes, and then a unit of nine Sky Wardens. So electing not, so two units of nine score Sky Wardens. So electing not to go for the Endron Riggers for the heals, and instead going for pure combat KO. There's obviously some shooting as well, but throwing it all forward and then just charging and doing a ton of damage to Sky Wardens is fun. And then the Arcanaut Admiral and the Etheric Navigator. And it's nice to see an army going light on the characters in that front. That's good. Then we've got uh, Lumineth Realm Lords in Zytrek. This has become a bit of a popular build for Lumineth Realm Lords in that it's like MSU casters. So loads of different casters. So an Enlightener that's got the Lawmaster, as well as um, like it's got Horfrost, Merciless Blizzard and all that stuff. Then a Cathalar Severith in here for some mobility. A Caligrave, the Light of Altharion as a great duelist character. And then a Banner Blade. And then two units of 10 Blade Lords, 10 Wardens, two units of five Dawn Riders, and then the Twin Stones for pluses to cast, uh, uh, Great Suffocating Grave Tide for doing Mortal Wounds to Hordes, and then Quicksilver Swords for some unique Mortal Wound damage. Now, the way this army works is it just casts all of its spells very reliably and very effectively. And when... When a Lumineth list does cast all of its spells, it's doing so much to you. It's making you spend two command points on CP. It's potentially shutting down your movement, like pseudo Bellicor, which uh, with a Cathalar, which is really, really tough. Um, that's good. And then eventually, when the Blade Lords do get in, they're going to be doing a ton of damage. Dawn Riders are fast, being able to take out some units as well as eventually screen. It's very fun. Very fun. I love that. I think that's very cool. So uh, that's great. Shout out to everyone in Vietnam. I hope you had a wonderful time. It's lovely to have you be part of the community. Hope I see you in the chat sometime or see your comments in the YouTube comments as well. Uh, but thank you for being part of our community and I hope you continue to have bigger and bigger events. Our next event takes us to the Netherlands where the Dutch live. For the Threshold Invitational 2, where we had 20 players, 20 Dutch players specifically, I think mainly, uh, playing at an event organised by Tom Medgens and uh, Jeffrey... Uh, uh, Jeff, I can never do your last name. Just Jeffrey. He's just fucking great. He's gorgeous. He looks like a swimsuit model. Anyway, Tom and Jeffrey. Uh, Tom and Jeffrey, actually, also, Tom won the event in first place and Jeffrey in second place. So, uh, doing a Dayton. This does now mean that the commissioner of the Age of Sigmar World Champion Team Championships, Dayton, has won his own event. And then Tom, the TO, uh, along with Jeffrey, as the host captain for the Age of Sigmar World Team Championships this year, have also won their own event. So, me as the media lead now, the only good guy. I want everyone to know that. I'm the only guy out here just being the good guy. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to come to the, the, another event, I'm actually going to the next event that these guys are holding because the uh, the uh, Open Alliance guys, Alliance Open guys, sorry, just such great people, funny, nice, like the venue's insane, the food's great, drink's great, terrain's good, pack's good. And honestly, who doesn't want to play with the Europeans? All of them are great. I'd go to all of these events that I've just talked about if I could. Just great people. Their event is on 24th and 25th of February next year. If you would like to go to the Netherlands and play, just search for the Alliance Open Masters. Uh, go check it out. You should go. There's also free fudge. So 
uh, go and go check it out. Okay, so in first place, Tom, as the uh, TO, he des- did decide that he would be very busy. He would be very busy, so he would not be able to... Um, he would not be able to play much Warhammer, so he didn't build himself like 30 pink horrors. And He's like, I've got a TO and I've also got a play. So you have to design a list that's going to do exactly that. And so he decided to take a Sons of Behemoth list. He took three Gatebreakers and then he took the Rabble Rouser Regiment of Renown with uh, the Rabble Rouser, which don't forget gives the monsters run and charge. And then he had five Gobblepalooza, Squig Herd, and Squig Hoppers, which comes in it. And then three Gatebreaker Mega Gargants. Tom's currently in the chat. Tom said one of the things that he did was he just moved all three Megas onto an objective. And he said to his opponent, you just do all the stuff now. I go check on all the other tables. Make sure the tournament's going okay. And then he won the event. (laughs) In second place, going 4-1. Uh, is Jeffrey. Now, Jeffrey's actually really good. Tom's also really good. But Jeffrey's, like, been fairly inspiring uh, over the past few years. He played this really great Daughters of King list, like, last year with the High Glider Tricks when that was released. And I still think that's a legit list today. Just no one's really playing it, which really confuses me. Reminds me of Dale, who plays with his Daughters of King over in Canada with all the avatars. Like, it's kind of interesting. I always see Marathi and the Bow Snakes. But I'm like, there's at least two different lists out there. And Jeffrey definitely ran one. Uh, now, Jeffrey, uh, knowing he also maybe would be busy with running the event, um, uh, like, he took a Magikin of Nurgle list with a great unclean one, big monster, the Glockkin, Blow Brot Spawn, and Morbid X Twice Spawn, and then three units of 10 Plague Bearers, and then two Narmors so he could summon. So Jeffrey's very similar list, where he's like, I'm going to move all my units on the objectives, it's Nurgle Army, tough to get rid of, you let me know when you're finished, I'm going to countercharge you so you can't charge me, and then I'll go check on the rest of the venue, See if ever we'll see what's going on, and he went four wins and a loss. Congratulations to him. That's excellent. Then in the four one bracket is uh, in our four one bracket is oh come on uh, is Hugo. Hugo was running corn with a Bloodmaster, Scar Bloodwrath, Slaughter Priest, a Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury, and Bellacore. Then he had Mighty Skull Crushers, two times five, two times five Flesh Hounds, two times ten Blood Reavers, and Hex Gorgeous Skulls. Now. Obviously, our three mighty score crushers are to shut down the enemy movement with Murderlust. Bellacore to shut down the enemy movement and also activations uh, as well. And then just push around the Bloodthirster and Fettered Fury and Scarbrand and do all of the murder. So no moving against this army either. And then finally, uh, finally, we have Peter Zudgist. And he was running Soulblight Gravelords in Legion of the Night, which is another counter-charge army, with a Vampire Lord, a Necromancer, two White Kings on Skeletal Steed, and Manfred von Karstein. Three units of three Felbats as very cheap battle line, and then two units of ten Black Knights, five Black Knights, and the Vrycross Bloodborne. Now, he's obviously going to be charging all these in, doing all the Mortal Wound Impact hits, um, as well as Manfred teleporting around the board uh, as well. So the question we need to ask yourself about this event is if everyone is countercharging and no one is moving, how is anyone playing a game? I don't even know. That's my answer. Uh, also, Peter Zugeist is from Team Turbo, which is my one of my gaming teams. I'm not in a lot of gaming teams. I'm in my own gaming team, the Underdog Union. Uh, but Team Turbo is also another team I'm in. Team, Tur- Team Turbo! Our next event takes us over to the USA and takes it to Colorado, where Benjamin Wiley has organized the Total Escape Games Winter Warhammer Smash. 
being located here are the Total Escape games, right next to the Kebab and Jiro's location, which looks fantastic, a Burger King, and a Jiu-Jitsu place around the corner. So, a 11 out of 10 gaming location, in my opinion. 11 out of 10. Now, looking at the lineup, Jay McKinsey from the Collector Mafia ended up going 5-0 with his Seraphon, and he was running Starborn. He had Croak, obviously, an Ashroth Banner Bearer, a Star Seer, a Star Priest, uh, and then he had a Slan. So he had the classic. Then he was running a Unitsaurus Guard, which is obviously Bodyguarding, Croak, or the Slan. Skinks, uh, two units of them. Two units of Raptodon Chargers, and then a unit of Haunters of Hunters of Haunchy with Dark Pipes, Spell Portal, and the Malevolent Maelstrom. Uh, so he's obviously going to be casting uh, maybe the No Ward spell or something through the Umbral Spell Portal, Maelstrom, which is going to combine with the AoE damage that you get from Croak. And then he's going to, all of those casts are obviously going to buff up the summoning mechanic that the Slan is using thanks to the Lord of Celestial Resonance ability, which is super fun. We only have one for one, and that is Justin Minsk. And it's great to see ourselves get a beast of chaos on the board i haven't seen those in a while and it's different to our classic bulgor bellacore list instead it's a beast of chaos list in gavspawn with a great bray shaman and one-eyed grunnock staying power is a little bit difficult in beast of chaos so one-eyed grunnock with all of those wounds and a good armor save makes a lot of sense as an allied unit in beast of chaos zangor shaman and then one two three four five six units of morgite chaos spawn that's a unit of three that when it deploys it splits out into three ones so you have these multiple single models it's an incredibly difficult thing to deal with they shut down how many attacks you have uh, so you can't do any damage back to them and they just become annoying uh, then a chaos gargan in there as well which obviously charges and also shuts down the ability the armor save of the opponent and then one unit of uh, beast of chaos zangor enlightened on foot a unit of Dragon Ogres, and then a Beast of Chaos Zangor as well uh, on foot. A unit of six, I think. So very cool, very fun list. Hope everyone in Colorado had a good time. Uh, and just what a great place to play Warhammer. Some great, some great strip mall located around there. My friend Pershaw in the chat said it's his platonic idea of a strip mall which is just delightful. Like, tell me in the comments, if you watch this on YouTube, tell me where you play Warhammer locally and why it's good. Like, other than the venue itself, like, oh, it's right next to a really nice coffee shop. I really want to know where people play. Right, leave those in the comments. That'll be super fun to read. Our next event takes us to the Philippines, Kamusta, and the Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament 2023 by Dragonforge and Wartillo, organized by Louis Yazon, and he was the organizer. It's being held in Quezon City in the Philippines. And we had, I think, 14 players, 13 players playing at this event, which is very, very cool. And then we had 1-5-0. We had Lance Martin Tan with of the Wartilio Gaming Club with his Blood Tooths Army. He was running an Uruk Weird Knob Shaman, two of those, a Mega Boss and Moor Crusher, and then two War Chanters. And obviously the Moor Crusher had Fasten and the Destroyer. He had two, a unit of six Gore Grunters, a unit of ten Brutes, another unit of six Gore Grunters, and a unit of three Gore Grunters. So just your classic pig smash with a unit of Brutes in the middle to go and protect it. The War Chanters are buffing, and then this is still just a great army. Iron Jaws is still just an absolutely solid 11 out of 10 army. they got that new battle tactic that will help them score a little bit easier as well. They're probably pretty good at doing things like surround and invade as battle tactics. Uh, magical dominance maybe not too hard as well 
because they could if they want to uh, just be doing like teleports from like the back of the board so they can be out of uh, range which is cool as well and just really great shout out to lance for doing so well uh, with his army and then in second place we had nicholas cavada guelmora with his gloom spike gits he was running king's gits with a fungoid shaveman green crap the great squig boss 36 squig herd 10 point grot five 10 point grot bounders and tunes of five point grot bounders with the buff piece of the gobber palooza obviously you got fight last thanks to the green crack and you've got all of the output from the squig herd and the boing grots as we've seen all week to round this off, if you're not listening to the podcast and you are watching this live, you can see a group shot of everyone playing. Uh, last time they held an event in the Philippines, they held it in a mall downtown. And now we've got a little bit classy and we've taken the event to uptown to a new mall up there uh, where it's being held, which is super fun. Uh, it looks like a nice gaming store. So I hope everyone there had a lovely time. And uh, it's cool that you, again, are part of our community. So thanks for being a part of it. Our final event in the singles category was held at the TSN Arena here in Nottingham by me, run by me. Uh, a 12-person Age of Sigmar event with featuring, and this is quite cool in my personal opinion, featuring two father-son combos, which is fun, and one father-son combo. Uh, Luke won best sports with Matt winning second best sports. And I said to the other father-son combo, I was like, lads, what are you two doing, right? You need to be like these two. <laughs> It was great. Uh, and a special shout out to Rold, who traveled over from Copenhagen for the event, which is incredible. So uh, you love to see that. Now, in first place and on a 5-0 bracket was Vinosh. And this is Vin's first ever 5-0, which was delightful. Amazingly, as a spare player, I got to play him in the final match uh, and then lose to him to give him the 5-0. Uh, and I, I tried. I, I want you, everyone to know I tried to win he beat me fair and square uh and it was it was delightful so really good he was playing seraphon i was playing oh, i was playing like a uh just because you're going to want the context i was playing a stormcast annihilator list with loads of night Alexis, uh which is interesting yeah that's right the vinner takes all thank you gilly <laughs> uh but uh vin uh went 5-0 and i'm super chuffed for him he's playing lord croak uh, and then he has a Soros Astroth Banabera, a Skink Starseer, 20 Soros Warriors, 6 Agrodons, 6 Agrodons, 5 Soros Warriors, and Suffocating Gravetide. And uh, it pretty much, but this is all in Coalesced, not in Starborn. So very different to what you maybe will have seen previously, and I really like this as well. He, I was talking to him after, and I was saying maybe two units of 20 Soros Warriors. He doesn't think that that really works. He feels you really get really pinned in. He likes the mobility and the aggression of the Agrodons who get a pre-game uh, hero phase move each hero phase if they're in range which means they've got an effective 24 inch move so you know kind of mighty destroyer sort of situation with a unit of Agrodons they've got Ren 2 which is really nice uh, there's loads of wounds in that unit as well it's in coalesce so it's reducing damage down all of my annihilators were damage 2 so they became damage 1 uh, so that's really effective as well and then after you know you've got this dinosaur meat shield of 20 Soros warriors and two to six agrodons and then croak is just doing all of his mortal wound output he's doing stuff through the skink stars here as well uh which is giving him a lot of options so just really sweet uh human being great player really young as well I think vin's probably like in his very early 20s he's at university here in nottingham and it's really sweet to see someone uh working really hard on getting really good playing a lot focusing Played in good spirits, super fair, 
great human being. Uh, so it's really sweet to see that. Um, uh, and congratulations to him on writing a great list, painting a great list, and playing some great games of Warhammer. Uh, a special shout out as well. I know this is like the stats from everyone around the world, but just from like a personal note from me, I want to thank everyone at my event this weekend. I've been able to, last two weekends, I've held an Age of Sigmar event each weekend, and it's been very wholesome. And I've walked away from each one of those events feeling more enriched and in, like uh, and lifted up by the community around me. So I want to thank everyone. Uh, just great. Just su such lovely people. So yeah, a, a special thank you to uh, to everyone. That's going to wrap up the Sigma Sat Center this week. And uh, destruction. I think that's the thing we need to talk about. Destruction and destruction. In my opinion, maybe one of the best lists right now at the moment just has to be Brod's, uh, King Brod's Stomp. But it, because it's creating a damage per turn check, which has got a very nice counterpoint to Bellacore shutting down loads of large units. Because Bellacore's so common now, it's really hard to build a really large unit that's going to do lots of damage because that's going to get shut down by Bellacore, so you won't write that into your list. And then the Gargants turn up, and they're like, can you do enough damage to take us off the objectives? That's very tough when Brod's got 40 wounds with a 5-up save, potentially with plus 3 to his save as well. So that's a real challenge. And I think that's a really interesting place for the game to be. While that's happening, you have to think about what's happening with Big War. And Big War just statically score most of their battle tactics, immediately just scoring points. And you're like, okay... Now that's a challenge because I'm only really fighting over the primary. I'm not denying you any battle tactics. So if you slip up on a battle tactic or if your army just struggles on one out of five battle tactics and that one's a little bit more challenging, then you probably are losing that game more often than not. So Destruction are doing very well. Gits making a resurgence. Boingrot's really popular. Um, I think always Jaws of Mork and King Gits have been something that's been solid ever since that book came out. And I still think it's absolutely in that solid place right now which i think is very very interesting uh we saw see we've seen some flesh eater courts as well it's been nice to see flesh eater courts on the tables they play really well into a damage combat meta uh right now which is definitely what we're in nurgle are presenting a solid front line as our corn for armies that you have to beat and with their counter charges or even no pylons that you see from nurgle um, or corn Murderlust, it's really tough to get the charges off in the places that you want. So having big damage output feels like it's something really important to have in your lists, which is why things like the Nighthorn lists that we've seen that are a little bit more fragile have been fascinating picks um, in their run-up to being able to do quite well in those 4-1 brackets. But it definitely, right now, feels like the reign of destruction. Iron Jaws, Big War, Mega Gargants, all doing very, very... Oh, and Gits all doing really really well and that's that's my takeaway at the moment it's an interesting meta coming up because we about to see big bug hit the tabletops uh, as well sylvaneth maybe will get a resurgence which i think will be interesting to look at in the future where seraphon is still very solid as well they've got some players and especially moving away from like cottle's claw uh, sorry moving away from starborn movement maybe moving into uh being coalesced is also interesting again in a melee center heavy game so the game's in a fascinating place i would say that the battle tactics make it all too easy not really a big fan of that because the game then becomes kind of this weird primary conversation and i've talked about that before but but importantly uh the game's in a good place and the big takeaway for all of us 
should be this weekend. There was probably close to a thousand people playing in tournament Age of Sigma around the world this weekend, from singles events to team events all around the world. And we had loads of different countries host you like big events. And so our community, our wargaming community is growing and that feels like a massive positive to me personally. Hope you've enjoyed the show. You can support the show by joining the Honest Wargamer Patreon, getting a Discord, say hi to us, do all that other stuff. That'd be great. Leave comments, like the video, subscribe and all that other stuff. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon.